0: Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself, no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it. And I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of 8 Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Hey there. I just wanted to let you know there's a short addendum at the end of this podcast, as during the interview, I realized that I wasn't thinking as Big as I needed to to do a good job in this interview, so I just wanted to let you know that that two minute piece will follow when this short podcast ends. Thank you. Well, hi there. This is Kelly, and we're back with the podcast. And today I'm very excited as I've got this tremendous guest, who I would say I've, I've known Jenny for several years, but I've never seen her in a bad day. You know, she seems too good to be true and but the truth is she just shows up this way so you'll hear it in her voice <laughs> she's very very enthusiastic and I'm going to be asking her a few questions today but she's a perfect person in this scenario and that she's kind of prepared herself for the work that she's doing this passion in in for instance preparing herself doing body work as a massage therapist for a dozen years and getting a bs in biology understanding the anatomy of how the body moves and now the thing that she is most passionate about is yoga, but prior to us talking today, she talked about the multiple ways with which she's approached it, and so I just want to explore that a little bit because our goal here today is to get into Jenny's head in terms of that maybe one or two things like, like whoa, this is what I really loved about it, or this is what shifted my mentality about what was possible, and she'll talk to you about her joy around um dealing with her students, and of course, we'll let you know how to find her out there in the world. So Jenny, go ahead and just kind of tell us a little bit about your your, uh, work with the yoga and how it's shifted and changed.
1: Well, thank you, Kelly, for having me on the podcast. What an honor as someone that I look up to and admire so much, or rather, you know, Dr. Pearson. Uh, Just just not late for dinner, you know, just call me in. Well, yoga is a practice that um, I came to in my teenage years, primarily in a gym situation as a workout, and that was pretty much what it was and what it stayed for many, many years. But as you will often hear you know, from people who sort of get into yoga, it's kind of that physical gateway for the typical Westerner. And then over the years, we start to like, huh, why do I feel so good? Why do I like this? And there's so much more to it. And it becomes, I think, as much or more of a work in over time as a workout. So of all the various styles of yoga, I think that's refined over the years. And I feel the happiest teaching beginners, teaching um, more of a gentle, slower pace with plenty of strength. And um, yeah, it's a really, really fulfilling thing to do. <laughs>
0: interesting you talk about being the happiest teaching beginners what is it you see um turn on with beginners or what's your experience when they have a moment of oh wow well i think a lot of people are really intimidated
1: because they think you know what they might preconceive yoga to be is not necessarily what it actually is And when they realize, you know, I'd say the most typical one is I'll get like a a man who's I can't do yoga. I have tight hamstrings (laughs) and it's kind of like a yoga cliche because it's just not that important. And I think when people learn that, you know, so much of it is really just that breath awareness, that mind body connection, that's really the connection point is breath and getting into your body. I. I just recognize so many people are outside of their body so much of their life. So for them to come into the moment and to breathe and to feel and to know that it's okay, you know, they've got this history, these injuries on one side of the body, that they're not symmetrical, that it's okay. They can still walk away having had a really good experience feeling better than they did when they entered the room. That's
0: that's a really great... Um word picture. I love how you say how yoga is a work in and not a work out. So one of the things that you said there too, is that you don't have to be good at anything to come to yoga. And the magic for people is to start to integrate the breath with their body. Do you find, you know, people being out of their bodies, do you find that their uh, access to an emotional, uh, an emotional easy point to be visual visual for you I mean can you tell when somebody really starts to just get in their out of their head if you will and and, and into their heart definitely I think there's just an, an ease that you see that takes over
1: just the way they're holding themselves and they may not even realize that they're holding themselves in that way until it's brought to their awareness
0: yeah good point And one of the things I want to acknowledge you for doing is that, and this is the work that I focus on a lot too, is, you know, you can massage somebody, which you've certainly done hundreds of, or I can manipulate somebody. um, And then they go back into their world and the problems that were eliciting those original pathologies, restrictions, tightness, come back again. And just talk a little bit about, you know, your your hope that people will find a new and better, more organic elemental movement pattern that keeps them out of harm's way. try to try to put that in words that I maybe didn't do such a good job with no um
1: i I think you know people come into like their their idea of yoga or whatever, even just exercising is that you know they're like yoga that they're doing handstands or something really extreme or that they're going to be lifting big giant kettlebells in their workout and i like you know what you talk about so much in your book and just the way that you treat people it's like we're not doing these things you know to to do anything giant or profound it's that it just doesn't take that much for a sustainable practice that's going to keep a sustainable lifestyle. You know, I I say, it's like, we're not doing, you know, the reason that we're doing yoga it's, you know, so that when we do slip on ice,
0: maybe we don't get as hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And when you said it doesn't take that much, of course, that, that gets my heart happy because I'm such a minimalist in terms of my approach to the body. Yes, we have to spend some time, of course, but, you can still get some utility out of, of even 10 minutes of yoga, uh, better, uh, longer, of course. But what, what kind of, um, what would be a minimal habit pattern of yoga? I mean, if, it, if you had the perfect, you could tell anybody to do what you wanted them to, and they would. If you, you had a minimal approach to yoga, what kind of time are you asking people to spend?
1: Oh, gosh, 20 minutes. You know, I've found during COVID, even in my own practice, Because when you teach, it's not your practice at all. I'm not in my body, I'm helping them be in theirs. Um, I've really found that like 20 minutes, I can always talk myself into 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's remarkable to me how much better I can feel physically, mentally, emotionally after just 20 minutes. I, I think people don't realize too, the act of slowing your breath down, of learning how to come into a parasympathetic state how powerful that is. And it's just so easy. It just almost feels like a cheat code to your body that you can change your blood chemistry. You can change your complete state of being and the way that you're holding yourself in really just a few minutes of breathing. That almost euphoric level of ease coming out of your yoga practice, especially after a longer one though. I mean, it's really like you're kind of high on oxygen. You're intentionally getting more air in And it's, the physical postures are great. They actually, I think they're supporting your ability to take in more breath.
0: That's very profound in terms of how basic, but how important that is. Any, any person in pain, we know what's missing in that, in their body somewhere is oxygen. If it's a wound that's bleeding, they're bleeding out their red blood cells. They're bleeding out the ability to retain oxygen. And if your sympathetic nervous system, that piece that gets us to fight or flight, is overrunning us, we're not having proper circulation. Our heartbeat may be faster, but it's not. It's not more efficient, and our and our respiration drops. And then you're right, the whole blood or the oxygen perfusion reduces. It's so funny because you you know we recognize we're always seeking that little bit of softness or joy or peace or a little bit of a high, which can be just achieved through breath.
1: Yeah. If you can breathe, you can do yoga.
0: Yeah. Is there a, is there a book on breath that you've read that you particularly like, or is there a particular person in the past that's inspired you? Oh, wow.
1: On a specifically on breath work. I'm not sure, I might have to like give you something later to put in show notes, but I okay. could do that.
0: No worries, because... I just, I'd heard, um, I've I read a long time ago Nestor's book on breath, and I wondered you if you, that had um, gotten into your stack of books that were all, you know, by our bed, and we've got 14. I million. haven't, I'll have to write yeah. that one down. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting, but I think the experience of breath will, will teach people exactly what's going on, and that's so critical. Yeah. Uh, so Jenny, when you were doing your yoga before you started teaching, which was really about fifth. well, you were practicing for 20 and then you have been teaching the last three. That to me is a really good teacher. And you had made a comment to me earlier that you can't really teach well, unless you are in your practice routinely. And I, and I think that statement in and of itself is profound in terms of the way we do anything in our life, right? Any advice you give to a human being, if you're not following it, it's not going to even land, right? Right, right. Yeah. It's definitely an
1: accountability for me. That's, I mean, I love teaching, but it's also, it's just kind of setting myself in this promise to myself to continue to practice. Yeah. Even for 20 minutes, maybe less.
0: And do you do that how many days a week? Um,
1: I try to practice every day, even if it's just a tiny, tiny bit. That is, um, that is. Yeah, I'm. I'm lately. I'm. I'm teaching, and my, the the biggest style of practice I'm into right now is Kundalini yoga, which is kind of a whole different thing. But, but in that, you take you take on these commitments that we call sadnas. They're a, a daily practice, and I've taken on several that you do forty days, mm-hmm. and you just commit to yourself that you make it happen. Um, and it, it's amazing how rhythmic that becomes, how you get out of bed, you get onto the mat and not that you always have to do that or that it's all ruined if you miss a day, but I I do try to do at least, you know, even a sun salutation, a few cat cows, whatever movements, a good forward fold here and there can be (laughs) hugely important for people,
0: Uh, you know, and you're setting yourself up for something that I think is so important for people. And that is called creating trust in yourself you know when you make make yourself a commitment a 40-day process or maybe it's um four days four days a week for 20 minutes when you're first learning but when you when you make that commitment to yourself and you actually fulfill it there is this rebound phenomena of self-trust and self-confidence in a way that starts to show up just when you're walking around so that's that's fabulous and you know I would imagine there's Seventy-five different types of yoga out there. Um, you oh, know, more! <laughs> of course, I'm playing with Kundalini at this point. But my my listeners, if you were to, let's say the local listeners, where would you, what would you point them to, um, like how to get to you, or if there were some other online things if they couldn't get to you?
1: Yeah. So um, I I teach in a few places. The most I teach, and I'm also starting to manage at um, Shala Living Yoga downtown. Mm-hmm. And we have all different levels. I teach a beginner class Thursday evenings. If that's your first class ever at the Shala, it's free to try. So that's great, that's 6 p.m. every Thursday. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, and then, um, so I also teach at Spokane Club and just here and there, other places. But there's a lot of good, I mean, like Yoga by Adrian on YouTube is fantastic if you're just starting out and those are short and reasonable. Um, I, I use the Glow app as well, which is a subscription service and that you can even pick. I've got five minutes. What can I do with that? They've got five minutes up to two hours, mm-hmm. tons of stuff. That's bad. Um, so yeah, but I think, you know, finding a teacher that that resonates with you, that, you know, their voice doesn't annoy you or, you know, <laughs> you've got to find that right, that right person that that you like, that you like their style and <laughs> that they, they help get that out of you.
0: Oh, absolutely! And uh, the Glow app was that G L O W? It's just G L O. G L O. Okay. You know, and and I'll 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 say something that I've said to my patients over the years. I say, have you ever met a yoga instructor that is too heavy for their frame? You know, um, compared to, have you ever met a marathoner who is forty pounds overweight? And the fact is, I've run a marathon, and there were there were people who were really much heavier for their body weight than they should be and they're running 26 miles and people think with yoga you don't get fit if you will but in 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 my world I've never met a yoga instructor that just doesn't have a long lean vital structure you know it's, it's almost like you don't have to sweat and perspire running 26 miles to have a good body habitus and to have a really capable strong body and they always think yeah that's right I mean yoga is not about running 10 miles but there is so much physical activity that happens with yoga it's it is quiet but it's also so active and you can get as strong as your body can tolerate right
1: yeah and I think I I do think there are yoga teachers of all sizes and I think um yoga is for I think you know anyone who's, we'll call it your divine alignment, when, we, when you hit that divine align and you really can get into that.
0: I mean, yoga can really be for anybody. No, I totally get that. I guess what I should try to say around the long body is the flexible body. Um, uh, mm-hmm. No matter the shape, but if you can start to bend over or you can stretch a hamstring or you can put your arms over your head, it's like you've got that fluid motion that creates space and the lack of congestion shows up as a life body to me, you know, one that has motion. Yeah. And, and I think that so often resistance from some of my patients might be, well, I kind of Kelly, I got to do stuff that gets me um, sweating. And I go, well, trust me. It's, it's a little bit, it's a little deceiving at times how yoga can be very relaxing, but it can also be um, a, a nice amount of work.
1: Yeah. And and I think it, it can be really sweaty, especially in a
0: pretty heated studio.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's different for everybody. I think that that's the point you're making is you can get out of it different things depending upon where you're at and what you're able to put in. Yeah.
1: And I I also, you know, it's a practice that's cultivating body awareness. So I think when you talk about that lightness, um, you know, when you first start out taking yoga and this instructor saying, okay, we're taking your awareness, we're shifting it from really specific to somewhere else. So, okay, I want you to do this with your left pinky toe, do this with your right ring finger and making those neural connections feeling like different parts of your body and even just being able to left right can really throw people in the beginning. But that's a skill that with practice, it's a listening meditation that gets you out of your own head to respond in your sensation to what you're hearing and be able to take and receive those cues. Um, So I do think over time as people practice, they just become more aware of different parts of their body and it helps you to move from a place that's easier i don't know if that makes
0: sense no that totally makes sense you can just tell when somebody owns uh, every cardinal range of motion in their body when they walk into a room you know and, and i think i've always defined aging as uh it's determined by the cumulative loss of range of motion of every joint in the body and so anti-aging to me is getting more mobility in every single joint. And how do you know someone's older? It's because they're stiffer. And you can see that by their body habitus. You can see it from behind when you walk, watch them walk, right? Right. So, um, Yeah, to me, a happy body is a moving body. And um, I'm, you know, I, I do want to correct myself because I just finished reading this fabulous book called From Body Loather to Body Lover. And it's mm-hmm. by a woman who um, felt like her body was too big And it really turns out it wasn't. And she had worked really hard to become a bodybuilder. And then she went back to her body habitus that she really loved and felt comfortable in. And she really revels in that. And I think she's a great role model for women. And for, for me, I just, for men as well. And so it's a great read from body loather to body lover, but what she underscored constantly was just this need to express full motion. And, um, people I think people who are sad get retracted and so I think that there's a happiness that happens when you when you disentangle yourself from your core and you can move away from your center outward so that I think that's an important distinction and that's it's a good read and so I guess Jenny what I'd like to ask the last thing if I could is um was there ever a time for you when you were doing yoga where it got rid of an injury or saved uh a per- saved you emotionally or made life easier in some notable way i feel like that happens
1: over and over and over for me um i myself have a history you know in my teens early 20s and i mean to a degree to this day of disordered eating and um a kind of funky relationship with over and again and again, you know, at times where however dysmorphic I have felt, you know, talking about that book that you read, however dysmorphic I have felt in my own body, you know, when I come to my yoga mat, I have to just be with the body that I have in that moment. And it's going to be different than it was the day before the next day. You know, we aren't robots. We aren't the same every day anyway. We, your balance changes day to day. Um, I think meeting yourself on the mat and just being with yourself and, and having compassion with yourself for whatever it is you've been going through and just being okay with how it is in that day. I mean, for me, that's a practice that just day to day, it continues to, that's a place I can go, I can anchor and move from there.
0: That that is like the best thing that I I heard in this moment for me is that that is your place where you can just love who you are in the moment, no matter what. And uh, what a what a great ritual because we are missing that desperately in the world today. We always see as evidence of how we're not okay or not good enough or what, whatever the situation might be. So um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to go do some yoga. <laughs> love it It inspired me and so what I want to tell the audience is that I will have Jenny um, and her full name is Jenny Headley's contact information on the show notes and I will also put that that app um, that she recommended as well as that the yoga by Adrian, I'll put that up there as a good starting place. But uh, Jenny, I I can't thank you enough. You really are a terrific role model. And and I do mean that from the bottom of my heart, because your heart is always open. And if that's a consequence of yoga, um, and it may well be uh, a big piece of it, then I just need you to know that you shine all over the place. And, and uh, I thank you for being there.
1: Oh, thank you, Kelly. You know, in yoga, we always say namaste and not everyone knows what that means. But, and there's a lot of different ways to interpret it, but the easiest would just be that the inner light in me sees that same inner light in you and acknowledges it. And I just feel the same way about you. So namaste, Kelly.
0: Namaste. I think it's really important that I create a short addendum to clarify one of the comments I made around yoga and. Bodies being lean and fit. And I really had to look hard and long at that because for the last 40 years, I've been trying to talk people into doing yoga who are traditionally already really thin or fit. And they don't want to give up the hardcore aerobic because they're afraid they're going to gain weight. And yet they've run themselves into stress fractures and osteoarthritis, and they're fairly stiff and fairly miserable. And the thought of doing something that would seem to be too easy is really not something they would consider. And I realized that was my bias for so many years is trying to talk people into doing yoga to gain flexibility. But the truth of the matter is that all body types do yoga beautifully well. And that in today's world, there is um, uh, an ever-increasing acceptance of of all different types of bodies. And for me, the body that is that we should be seeking is one that has flexibility. Regardless if it is a fuller body or a thinner body, it's really not important. What important what's important to me is that the body works. And I have lots of patients who are ample body and totally capable and really come in for maintenance care alone. And so I I think the key for me is the other piece that is in my backdrop that I'm always telling folks is that flexibility creates strength, that when you make muscles longer, they have the capacity to engage more effectively and efficiently, and you can actually get stronger. And typically when muscles lean out or lengthen, the body creates some length as well. And when I said in the podcast that you move from the inside out, I really do mean that because the the yoga I mean from the core out, yoga starts with really talking to the inner body, the core, and and you you move from that that strong foundation. And so, uh, because Jen is so incredibly authentic and transparent, and she's certainly seen the frustrations of people in yoga who may not be in a space where they love their bodies. It's so important that we do, that our body is what is there with us in this moment. And we must love what is with us in this moment. And if we wanna make some change with it, gain some weight, lose some weight, get stronger, get more flexible, eat more organic vegetables, that's fine. But in the process, you've got to love what's there because it's very difficult to change anything that you're resisting. As we know, what resists persists. So I I want to just say that I'm not a fan of editing podcasts because I think truths come out that cannot be um, ignored. And I'm always learning from the people I interview and really taking a look at at my biases that come as a result of habit. So it was a great opportunity for me to see that aha. And I appreciate you taking the extra time to listen to those comments. Have a blessed day, bye-bye. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8 minutes will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me, and as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.